0: I was looking at this Nannis poll and I was kind of freaked out by it because I was I was thinking, is this true? More people care about the environment, are concerned with the environment than they are with the pandemic. Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe that shows that people are hopeful that we are coming out of this soon. But when we do come out of this, we're going to have to build back better. And with regard to housing and the fact that we need more supply, uh, just reading that we should avoid building basements to help with the environment. Here to talk about it, Dr. Shoshana Sachs is uh, Canada chair, research chair of sustainable infrastructure and professor of civil and mineral engineering at the University of Toronto. Welcome to the show, doctor. Good morning. So, um, I, we always hear we should be looking at, you know, post pandemic recovery. Uh, is something that we uh, aim to build back better. So why would we be avoiding uh, basements? How is that going to be better for the environment and for all of us? For Anything we produce, from anything
1: we consume in our home, food, a toy, but definitely the materials we use to build, we've got to mine them out of the ground and manufacture them into something. And that takes a huge amount of greenhouse gas emissions so we know we need to keep building we need a million new homes in ontario in the next decade but we want to build them as efficiently as possible and in the spirit of reduced reuse recycle and if you build a basement it requires a huge amount of material the way we're building now more than half of the material we use half of the greenhouse gas emissions are underground
0: well what about um furnaces? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, where do we put the furnaces if we're not going to build basements? We we live in a, a four-season situation.
1: Yeah, well, you can have furnaces above ground. Sometimes people put them under their stairs, or you can have a little bit of space underground. But the more efficient we can be with our space, the better. And even if we want exactly as much space as we have now, exactly as many square feet, we could put them above ground instead of below ground, and then it would be Need much less materials and much less greenhouse gas emissions.
0: I would imagine that a house without a basement is going to be more affordable. You're still going to have to build uh, some sort of. Uh, what's, why am I looking? What? What's the word? Um, I apologize. Yeah, foundation. So, because we we know you're, if you don't have some sort of foundation, you're in big trouble. Yeah,
1: you have to build a foundation. We're not saying build houses floating in the sky. But if you have a smaller basement, you don't need as much retaining wall. It is also much cheaper to build. Um, It's much much less likely to flood. And so there are win-win-wins.
0: Okay. How many people are going to go for this? Like, What do do developers think of this? Because I'm hearing that the biggest trend right now, or um, uh, a lot of people are looking at the idea of these iceberg houses that have been trending around the globe. Basically, there's more house below ground than there is above ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, developers that we talk to love it because it saves them a lot of money and a lot of time. You spend most of your money and most of your time building underground. And so if we could change that to building above ground, it would be cheaper and faster. What about extra- houses are a new phenomenon in Canada and a small one, mostly driven by how tough it is to build above ground. Um, if you build underground, it doesn't count in your space ratio. So we could address that with zoning.
0: What what do you mean it doesn't count in your space ratio on as far as how much of the property you can build on?
1: Yeah, so we have rules across the city of how many square feet you can have in your house compared to how big your lot is, but the underground square feet don't count.
0: That's interesting. What about extreme weather? I'm thinking about basements being a lifesaver in some situations. We know that extreme weather is uh, becoming more common for floods which is one of the
1: most common extreme weather we see basements are a liability are where all the water goes Uh, for places that need shelters uh, like a tornado shelter you can still have a small underground space what we're talking about is not making it as small as possible being efficient and we know uh, we need to reduce reuse and recycle we need to reduce our underground space we need to use what we have more efficiently We can have great spaces that are a little bit smaller and a little bit less deep that save a lot of materials and save a lot for the environment.
0: Now, uh, you are an author of a paper, the case study focused on Toronto real estate construction, specifically 40 single family homes that were built between 2020 and 2021. And it analyzed which materials um, were being used and how much was being used at the time and what their impact was on the environment. Can you maybe break down some of your findings?
1: There were two things which surprised us. We thought we were doing a study on wood framed houses in Toronto. And what we found is even though we think of our houses as made out of wood and brick, they're mostly made out of concrete and they're mostly made out of concrete underground. So we found that big basements are where most of the materials and most of the greenhouse gas emissions are going. And also that we're building everything much, much bigger than we used to without getting that much extra use out of it. So bedrooms are twice the size they used to be, houses are twice the size of houses in Melbourne, but they're not serving that many more people. And so we could make a lot more housing for a lot more people with a lot less greenhouse gas emissions if we would build smaller and closer together, more like we used to 20, 30, 40 years ago.
0: I think people look at concrete now as a design feature. Uh, in a lot of uh, spaces. Is that something that is uh, harmful to, to the environment and we should avoid?
1: Concrete is an amazing material we can do wonderful things out of. But just like we wouldn't line our basements with gold because it's wasteful and expensive and doesn't serve a purpose, we need to do the same thing about thinking strategically about how we use concrete, this magic material. It shouldn't go everywhere. It has its role, but it's not something we should use for everything.
0: Is there any uh, jurisdiction in the world that is building uh, better that we could learn something from, in your opinion? There are lots of places we can learn from, but I'm going to pick on some that are closer
1: to us. So we across North America struggle with building most of our housing in big single family um, houses far apart. And L.A. is the poster child of that. And that was how L.A. developed for almost 80 years. And they've started to really look at how can they build better, how can they take better advantage of the neighborhoods they already have and do infill gently. And they recently had a competition called Low Rise in LA, and they got all kinds of proposals for uh, how to build um, four houses on a lot or stacked townhouses or uh, um, duplexes in ways that would be beautiful and attractive, more affordable and better for the environment. Uh, Toronto can look to that, so can other places in the region. Uh, Seattle pre approved a bunch of backyard housing options so that people could build housing in their backyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, All over the United States, people are starting to, cities are starting to outlaw single family zoning. There's a lot going on um, that we can draw from from our near neighbors.
0: Right. And I'm thinking of it when you started to talk about backyard houses, laneway houses or something that I was just reading. Um, a family decided they they bought a house. Now, this isn't too environmentally friendly. They ripped it down out in uh, around Pape and Danforth, built a laneway house, uh, built their own house with a basement apartment in it. And now they have two uh, rental incomes coming into them. And there's now on one piece of property room for uh, three different families.
1: Yeah, I read that story, too. It depends what we're comparing it to. What they did is much, much better than building three new detached houses on former farmland. So definitely better. Uh, Building a laneway house and turning one lot into a place that more than one family can live is brilliant. I would love to see our zoning allow that basement apartment to be above ground instead of below ground to save on the materials and greenhouse gas emissions.
0: Which brings us back to avoiding basements. Uh, Shoshana, I want to thank you for your time today. It's been really interesting talking to you. I'm sure there are a lot of people that love their rec rooms. that are thinking, where am I going to put the kids now that are not loving this idea? But it's it's interesting to uh, take a look at ways that we can mitigate the damage on the environment if it is, you know, an important thing to most Canadians. And I think it is. Thank you. Have a great day.
1: Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada.
0: Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.